Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning once again, and welcome to the Women of Golf. Uh, I'm your host, Ted Rodrigo, and as I believe I mentioned last week, Cindy is off again this week. She's uh, mid-flight somewhere. I'm not sure where she's going, but uh, she's on a plane somewhere and obviously wasn't able to uh, to be here this morning, but uh, she will be back. Uh, as far as I understand, she'll be back next week. Uh, so I know that those of you that enjoy tuning in listening to her, uh, that's where she'll be, is uh, back here next Tuesday. We've got a great show for you this morning. Uh, we're going to be speaking to a young lady who's actually been on the show before, um, but she's uh, getting ready. She's a Symmetra Tour graduate, and now she's uh, preparing to head to the LPJ in 2022. Of course, I'm talking about Amanda Doherty. Um, she had uh, eight top ten finishes, including a runner-up at the Iowa Golf Classic, and uh, as I said, she's getting ready to... Uh, head out to the LPJ uh, in 2022. So please welcome my very special guest this morning, Amanda Doherty. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, congratulations of uh, finishing up the season and, and making it up in the top 10 uh, and earning your, your card out to the LPJ. And I know that you're obviously pretty excited about that. Would I be accurate? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. you uh, yeah, I am so excited it's you know something i've been working for for a really long time and it's always awesome to have you know goals met and um you know it's been my dream since i was a little kid so it's you know i'm very excited so let's talk a little bit before we maybe do a little bit of a recap on on the season uh on symmetra um, give us a little bit of idea. What, what have been some of your goals? I mean, you, you, you just mentioned that, you know, you, since you were a little kid, that uh, obviously you had your eye on a, a bigger prize here uh, in professional golf. What, uh, what was sort of the turning point for you as you look back and you say, okay, I started at what age and started playing, maybe got into some junior golf and then obviously into collegiate. What was the turning point for you that you said, you know what, yeah, this is what I want to do? Um. I think that turning point was towards, you know, towards the end of middle school, beginning of high school, kind of, Um, you know, it's really a stretch to say that's been a dream since I was a little kid, you know, it it, it was for sure. But I also, you know, little kids, I want to do all sorts of things. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. But, you know, I've always loved golf and, um, but really became, you know, more serious. Um, I think I got my first kind of, you know, recruiting, you know, there's certain recruiting rules um, mm-hmm. at certain points. So in my eighth grade year, you know, they couldn't really email you or actually send you 
like pamphlets or anything, but they could send you like a form to fill out. So they have like your information. I think I got one of those from UGA, which makes sense because um, I'm from Atlanta mm-hmm. and not too far in state. Um, so that was kind of eye opening. Be like, hey, maybe this is like a real a path, not just kind of a, a dream that's way out there. Um, so that was kind of just eye-opening and maybe a little bit of a turning point saying that's, you know, this is something that maybe is really achievable for me to go play in college and then maybe turn pro. And I've just been, you know, kind of trying to take it one step at a time, but it definitely has been, you know, a goal of mine. You know, just to follow up on that, um, Amanda, you know, there's a point when you kind of say, hey, you know, that's something I'd like to do. But there's also another point when you come to the realization that, yeah, you know what, I think I'm good enough to be out there. Um, what was that? Was that moment shortly after that uh, moment in, in middle school, high school, where you really saw your game taking shape? Um, was it when you got out in collegiate golf? What was, it, what was that turning point when you said, you know what? Uh, because, and the reason why I ask that is because obviously – you know, there's a lot of great golfers out there, but not everybody's got the caliber to make it out on tour. There had to be a point, um, a, a turning point, if you will, when you came to the realization that, you know what, I think I've got enough, I've got enough game to make it out there. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know that I can really like pinpoint um, like a specific moment where I thought, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm good enough to do this. Um, or, you know, for me, it was always, I, I'm i not good enough right now, but I think I can be, or I know I can be. Um, so in, you know, early in high school, some of my, you know, fellow players in Georgia and stuff who were ranked higher than me were, you know, getting calls and, um, you know, going on visits and stuff to colleges. And no, for the most part, nobody was, you know, I got questionnaires and stuff, but I wasn't being recruited as heavily. And I really thought that, you know, hey, I might not be as good as them right now, but I I will be when we get to college. And that's kind of been more of my mindset, I guess, is I knew if I put the work in that I could get there, and I knew I would put the work in. Um, Obviously, you can't control everything. And I've been, you know, the last couple of years, I've been telling people I know I can get there, and I know I can, like, play there, but I don't know that I will because you never know what happens. And um, Right. So I, I don't know that there's one moment, but. Um, now you went on and you were actually all ACC uh, selection for Florida State University. Um, and you actually um, ended your collegiate career with the fourth lowest scoring average in the Seminoles history with 73.08. Um, so that's certainly nothing to sneeze at. You had a great uh, collegiate time you were able to uh, get out there and really work on your game. What did you learn from your experience there? What did it teach you um, playing? Because it's a little bit different, obviously, because now you're part of a team. It's not so much an individual. But um, what did, if anything, did you learn from that experience that's helped you out so far on tour? Um, Everything, almost. (laughs) Not really, but, I mean, I really – Right. I mean, I knew how to play golf, but I – Sure. You know, and it's golf swing and, you know, simple mechanics and just being, you know, halfway athletic. And that took me a good ways. But then, you know, when I got to college, um, 
it was a little bit of a, hey, I have a lot more to learn than I thought I did, which is always, I'm always excited about that because that means you have, you know, you have room to improve. Um, I remember my first college event, we had one day rained out and then, so we played 36 holes in the first round, which wasn't uncommon um, in college, but I think I shot one or two over and I was, you know, feeling pretty good about myself, my first college round ever. And I, you know, played all right. And I made the turn for the second 18, and I saw the leaderboard, and it might have the scores slightly off here. But my teammates were 65, 66, 68, 69. And I had just a moment of, like, complete shock and what have I gotten myself into. Um, but, you know, felt a little bit out of my element. But that's that's a good thing because, you know, I had a lot of people to learn from and a, a lot of room to grow and um, – but yeah, I mean, college taught me really how to play competitively and what to, mm-hmm. you know, how to attack the golf course and how to practice better. And, um, mm-hmm. I mean, all sorts of things, you know, it's hard to, hard to really, uh, put it into words and just mental and actual mechanics and of short game stuff. I really, that was a big thing for me is my short game improved a ton, um, and wedge wedge game and stuff. I think a lot of kids from high school right. go to college and you can hit the ball really well. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's most of it. And then they got to kind of build the rest of it around that. So, Yeah. And I think really, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, I think really what it did for you is helped you create a discipline in your game. I mean, you obviously had some good ball striking and you were able to sink putts and do all these other things, but when you got to the collegiate level, now you were able to be more focused on specific areas of your game, like practice, for instance, um, being able to know when to attack the golf course and maybe when to hold off a little bit. So that would be, I think, a fair assessment that it helped you not just refine your, your physical abilities out there in the golf course, but help you manage yourself better out in the golf course. Would that, would that also be accurate? Yes. Yes. That's, Exactly what I was trying to say, just better worded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to one-up you there, I promise. Um, but no, I just want – the reason why I say that is I'm just trying to lay it out a little bit for the, for the listeners so that they can get an idea. See, you know, for me, the way I look at it is I think there's a great opportunity for a lot of – especially young women out there that, you know, maybe have an interest in golf. Maybe they'll never make it out as you are uh, out on the professional level. But I think there's so many opportunities getting involved through high school and obviously ultimately into collegiate, um, being part of a team like that because, again, it, it helps you become more disciplined in your game. Uh, until you get to that level, until you get to a more refined level, you're kind of, and I hate to say this, but you're kind of almost floundering a little bit in some cases. Not you, maybe you personally, but a lot of people because, again, they've got a good game, they're playing, but they're not really in a, in a situation where they have to be more laser focused. And I think the coaches with many of these great programs around the United States help these young girls and young men that get into the collegiate programs really help to do that so that when they get out on something like the Symmetra or the Corn Ferry Tour to get things started, they have a better chance of success. Because I think if you didn't have that, I think it would be more challenging. Do you, do you think that would be accurate too? Yeah. For sure. I think, 
yeah, that's a good a good way to say that. You know, that they really teach you discipline in your golf game, and I think mm-hmm. one thing that coach would say about me is it took a while for them to teach me not to aim directly at the pin on every single hole. Right. Um, so there's, right. there's a lot to learn, especially just about how to play the game and how to practice, like you were saying. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people will be surprised just having kind of the right direction and right teaching versus trying to do it on your own can take you way further and way faster. Yeah, and, 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 and again, I think it's just a matter of creating a discipline. You know, as you play more and more and you get more involved in tournaments and things like you did over the last season uh, out in the Symmetra Tour in, in preparation for where you're going now, um, you gain experience, obviously. And I think that just helps navigate you a little bit better so that when you start having and gaining those experiences, you're able to process them in such a way that it's going to benefit you, even the losses. You know, a lot of people don't fully, you know, nobody likes to lose, but that's, that's a big part of the game, unfortunately. You, you lose a lot more often than you win. Um, we wish it was the other way around, but the truth of the matter is that's the way life is. So, you know, being able to um, take and absorb that information in such a way that's going to benefit you moving forward is a good thing. So as you look back over, as you recap your 2021 season, I know it's been a little crazy the last year and a half with COVID and things and the schedules, as you know, we talked about a little bit before we came on uh, on air, um, that you know things have been a little bit hectic. Sometimes not always sure what's going to happen or how the process is going to work. Um, as you recap your 2021 season, how would you rate it overall? Obviously, you, you've made it into the top 10, so that's uh, you, you're very excited about that, I know. But generally, how would you recap your season? How do you feel you played overall? And were there opportunities throughout the season that you feel um, were missed opportunities but proved to be a good learning experience? Can you maybe touch on a couple of those? Yeah. Um, I mean, my season overall, I think, was – I mean, it was a really good season. I, you know, I finished in the top 10. I got my card, and that's, you know, the ultimate goal, um, playing on the Symmetra Tour. Um, but, yeah, I think really every, um, you know, and this is one thing I've really been working on, you know, with my coaches is trying to, trying to learn from every experience um, because, like you said, you don't win that often. Um, I didn't win it all you know, this season, but, you know, I still finished in the top 10 and I had a really good season overall. And, um, yeah, you kind of have to look at it more as, you know, top five, top 10 finishes or you didn't win obviously, but, you know, you can play your, your best game or maybe not your best game, but close to it. Mm. And you still might not win because you can't control what everybody else does. Um, right. So you just taking those experiences and learning from it, um, is, is important and learning from the, the good ones and from the bad ones. Um, you know, it's coming down. I had multiple experiences in college where I was really close to the lead or, you know, maybe had the lead going into the final round. And it took me till my second to last event of my senior year to win a college event. Um, Cause you just have to put yourself there. It's like, everything is practice. Even, trying mm-hmm. to win and trying to put yourself in contention, you know, you're not, if you haven't done it yet, you haven't practiced it. You haven't had that experience. So it's just trying to put yourself in that position as much as you can to be ready um, 
are more ready each time you get there, and eventually, you know, hopefully something will click. But, you know, learning from the bad experiences as well and what can I do better here, especially the, the cuts missed. You know, that's something big I've looked at yeah. and looking back at now, you know, because those were obviously the worst of the mm-hmm. tournaments this year. So what what did I do there that um, that I can, you know, take into next year and learn from? Yeah, I think that would – I would agree with that. I think that's probably one of the most difficult uh, parts to deal with as opposed to not winning the event. If you're not even in the event, that's, in my opinion, is even worse than if you lost the event um, because at least if you get in, you're giving yourself a chance to get that number one spot, to get the win, uh, or certainly get high up, up there that's going to benefit you in some other way. But when you, when you don't get there for whatever reason, you miss the cut or, or what have you, um, then that's a missed opportunity uh, to learn and, and to you know, refine your game. Was there a particular mm-hmm. part of your, yeah, was there a particular part of your game that really held solid this year? In other words, what part of your game um, were you really dialed in the most this season? Um, after, you know, the first maybe four or five events, um, my putting was uh, probably the strongest part of my game, which is kind of funny to me because, you know, in college, that was by far the worst part of my game. Like, not right. even close. And it's something I've been working really hard on. So for those, for that to be like a strong point in my game, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of that. And because that's something I've worked so hard on, I've really, you know, it didn't necessarily come completely naturally to me. So I've really built that and I feel um, confident in what I've built to be, to continue to hold strong. Um, but really just the, the, for me, the putting has just been putting in um, more hours and, you know, more quality time. Um, and, and my driver's always been not something that I've had to stress about being there. That's kind of my driver's there week in, week out, pretty solid. Maybe not necessarily the mm-hmm. best part of my game all the time, but it's always, it's always there and it's solid. It's something I can count on to, to be there most of the time. Is there a part of your game, Amanda, that you feel going into next season that you're going to have to work a little extra hard on in order to be prepared? Obviously you want to have a well-rounded game, but are there some, you said now that your putting seems to really be um, doing extremely well, which you were, you were kind of surprised at, but that's a good thing. I mean, obviously putting is, is where you're, you're going to gain and lose a lot of strokes, but is there a part of your game still that you really want to tune up um, a little bit more before you head out to your first event next season? Um, I mean, aside from just a little bit of everything, you know, the main, my main focus right now is a little bit of short game stuff. I think um, just looking at kind of very basic stats, um, my bunker stats fall behind the rest of my kind of up and downs from rough or from fringe or whatever. Um, So that's something I'm going to be working on a lot, but my, you know, my irons and my approaches into the green, that's something that, you know, a couple years ago I would have told you by far was the best part of my game. And not that it's gotten worse because I think it has gotten better, but I think other parts of my game, like my putting have gone above and Mm -hmm. beyond that and, 
just highlighted that right. that's something that I got to, you know, put, put focus into. You got to, I think you got to, you can't neglect anything. And sometimes, you know, it's easy to do that when you really want to focus on something. Um, yeah. But you got to put a little more focus into those things that are la- uh, lagging behind a little bit, you know, and then that kind of rotates because you brought this up and now this got, has to get a little bit better. Right. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I, how I look at it. Yeah. It's kind of like a seesaw. It's like you have to keep running to the other side to, to you know, to exactly. uh, jump on and get the other one. Yeah, because, you know, this one gets up. Oh, it's up in the air now, and that's doing really great. Oh, but wait a minute. This is down over here, so I've got to, I've got to make adjustments. No, you're exactly right. And I, and I think that it goes to something that you said earlier, and, and that is, you know, you're always learning and you're always evolving. I mean, even the best players in the world will tell you, um, you know, they may – uh, have confidence and they may, you know, get out there and it looks so easy for them. But the truth of the matter is inside internally, they're always saying to themselves, I've got to step this up. I've got to do this. If I want to maintain, you know, uh, this level of play, I've got to make sure that everything's, you know, up to snuff. Um, now you mentioned uh, a, a few minutes back that you uh, obviously have coaches that you work with and that um, I'm assuming you have a swing coach. What other coaches do you have? What other uh, people in your entourage, for lack of better words, uh, do you have that help you, uh, you know, put everything together? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yes, I have a, I have a swing coach, and she really, she does everything. So she's just my like really golf coach, you know, putting, short game, everything. Um, you know, and I still rely on my college coaches some um, for things mm-hmm. too, and that's been something that was um, that's been huge for me is that even though I'm not there anymore, they are still. Mm-hmm. you know, happy to help and um, that, you know, they're still part of my team. Um, I also have a sports psychologist. He's been mm-hmm. a huge help uh, for me. You know, we worked with him at school and then I've continued to work with him after. And, you know, that's something I was opposed to early in college and through high school because I thought, you know, I it wouldn't help me. And I had read all these books and I just started thinking about what I was supposed to be thinking about and not, thinking about the shot that was in front of me. And, but, you know, it really, I think you just have to find the right fit for you. Um, so, you know, once I started working with him, I realized he was somebody who could really help me out. And that's, um, that's been huge. Um, and then I have a, a, you know, like a trainer and a strength coach too, that I, sure. that I work with here in town. And he's, uh, he's definitely helped me add some yards. So that's, that's huge also. Yeah, I think you have to when when you're playing at the level that you're playing at now, um, and and again that gives a testament to collegiate golf is that you get introduced to a lot of that at that level, uh, and then as you progress on through your career, um, there's even more exposure. So talk about um, your your swing or your all around golf coach. What does she specifically? get you working on on a regular basis are there certain drills that she really likes you to hone in on that sort of keeps everything together uh or does she really mix it up a lot and keep you guessing all the time or um you know or how does she uh, well you know which sometimes is a good thing when when you know if you're expecting the same thing every time it becomes very routine and that's good in some ways to develop a good routine but it can also get boring So so does she really mix it up and and do you do regular assessments with her um, where she 
runs you through various different steps and things to find out where you're at at that particular moment so that she can put together a game plan and say, okay, I've noticed this, Amanda. Let's really focus and dial in on this. Give us an overview of, of your experience with her. And, and again, I'm doing this because I want the listeners to understand the importance of working with a professional like her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that might be, that might not be the best answer for this because we really have never gone through like a real swing change, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something I really like about how she works with me and even, um, you know, other people at my golf course. And it's, she likes to take what you have and your natural swing and tendencies and just make that stronger and make it, you know, obviously if you're crazy one way or the other, you got to be at least kind of in a certain range, but she really likes to take kind of your natural swing um, and make that repeatable and make that work. And for me, most of the time what we're working on is just, getting back to getting back to kind of like my baseline, um, you know, where I should be. And sometimes I'm too far, you know, at a lot, most of the time it's, uh, set up stuff and posture and, but, you know, sometimes maybe I'm a little outside or a little inside or closed or open or whatever. And trying to just get back to kind of that neutral spot that I, that I really need to be at, um, Mm-hmm. Right now, the focus, the last few events, I was getting really kind of um, flat in my swing, which is a little bit of just my swing is a little flat than, you know, maybe a stock golf swing should be. But that's, you know, that's my swing. But, you know, if it gets a little too much, we're trying to kind of rein it back in and get me back to that um, spot that I should be, the kind of neutral. Or... So, yeah, not, no huge changes, just, you know, little tweaks. And I think that's, um, I think that's important because you gotta you gotta swing the swing that that works for you because um, I think right. that's, that's what's gonna hold up under pressure. You know, people argue, oh, this person swings, you know, too crazy. It's not gonna hold up under pressure. But if that's their natural motion, you know, that's right. that is what will hold up. You know, at least I think so. Well, and if they get, you know, you're exactly right. If they get into the winner's circle, um, you know, on many occasions, then why mess with that? I mean, if you look back. You know, in today's game, uh, it, it's a much different game than what it was, say, 20, 30, you know, 40 years ago. You look at some of the players from that era, and there was some pretty funky-looking swings, um, especially from the men. And, um, you know, by today's standards, people might think that there was something wrong with them. Um, but that was just the way that they were able to move the club that worked for them. And I agree with your with your swing coach's approach is, you know, if you've got something that's working for you, don't mess with it. Don't try to, you know, that's one of the, the pet peeves I have in, in golf, uh, certainly in the past, is a lot of coaches would come out and try to reinvent the wheel. And yet the person may have had a pretty good swing to, to build from and didn't need necessarily to change everything. And I think sometimes it, it can certainly help in some cases, but in a lot of cases it can actually work to their detriment and make it that much more difficult. Um, but so you also mentioned that you're working with a trainer as well. So obviously from a physical standpoint, you're wanting to get some extra yards, you're wanting to stay in shape so that uh, obviously from an endurance standpoint, what are some things that they've got you working on um, and what areas of, of your body? Is it more trying to get your legs uh, you know, stronger to, to be able to generate more power? What is it that they've got you specifically working on? 
Um, a little bit of everything, honestly. Right now, kind of just getting back into the swing of things, um, I will admit I did not do the best job at staying strong this season. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when there's, you know, you have tournaments back to back to back. And to really get into the gym and feel like you're not kind of draining your battery a little bit for the next week or for the next right. round or whatever. Um, so that's something that, you know, I definitely will learn from and try to improve on next season. Um, but just really trying to spend the off season getting as strong as I can um, so that I have a good base going into next season and not necessarily trying to build on it during the season, but just hang on as much as you can. Um, and, you know, mobility stuff and making sure everything's moving kind of the right way. Uh, for me, you know, my legs are always uh, or have been a little bit weaker. So that's, you know, and that's important in the golf swing for sure. But I think mm-hmm. one thing that I think, you know, sometimes is lost when people talk about, you know, training for golf is that it needs to be like super, super golf specific. And right. the golf swing is it's your whole body is being used to swing the club. And so I think most people could, you know, use just some pretty basic weight training and that would help them a lot. Um, now my trainer, he's, he's really good at all the golf stuff too. He's actually a really good golfer himself. Um, Mm -hmm. so that, that was something that I was looking for, um, when I was looking for trainers, when I moved back home and, you know, I think that that has really helped because I maybe took that a little too far and didn't do any of the golf specific stuff. Just saying, if I get stronger, I'll be, I'll be good. And you know, that resulted in a couple of injuries sometimes. And I mean, you can't always prevent that, but you know, using right. training in the gym too to help prevent injuries instead of causing them. But you really do, I think, need just a solid strength base um, before you can really build on some of this golf specific stuff because it's hard to start with certain golf specific movements if you don't have that strength base there first. Yeah. And I think too, uh, you know, what a lot of people overlook is the little muscles in the body, the stabilizing muscles and things like that. You know, everybody's always going to the gym and they're working on the big muscles to build strength, which is certainly important. Um, But not having good balance in a golf swing um, can can hurt your game as well. I mean, you might have strong legs or you might have good upper body strength, but if your smaller muscles aren't able to help you coordinate through the golf swing, that can be just as detrimental as not having an overall, uh, you know, good fitness uh, ability. Um, I want to come back. We're, we're going to take a quick break. You, you said that you would uh, stick around for a little bit uh, longer, and uh, mm-hmm. I need to take a very quick break, and then we're going to come back, and I want to talk about another area of of training and that that uh and get your thoughts here and if you do or if you don't but we'll we'll talk about that when we come back we'll just take a quick message uh from one of our sponsors the following ad is sponsored by golf tips magazine are you tired of being short off the tee and what about those three putts forget about it it's time you got serious about your game golf tips the most in-depth magazine in the industry for over 30 years golf tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. 
go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, I'm here with my very special guest this morning, Amanda Doherty. She is now heading off to the LPJ Tour in 2022, and we're just talking a little bit about um, what she does to prepare, what some of the regimen, if you will, that she goes through, and and uh, just some of the, the things that she needs to do to make her game at that high level in order to compete with some of the other young ladies out there. Um, Amanda, I wanted to follow up from uh, for a moment from the fitness side of things, um, but switch it just a little bit. Do you also work, uh, does your trainer or maybe you have somebody else that you use, um, what about nutrition? Because that's something that gets overlooked a lot. I mean, we see our, our recreational golfers, they're out there and, you know, they're hitting the turn. They've maybe had a couple of beers before they've hit the turn. Now they're going to scarf down a, a burger or a chili dog or something of that nature, and you know what's going to happen. They're going to fall flat on the back nine. Are you pretty regimented when it comes to nutrition? Um, obviously, I'm sure you like to indulge once in a while too, like everybody, but do you stick to a pretty regimented nutrition routine in order to keep yourself energetic when you're out there in the golf course, or what do you do? Give us an idea of what you do. Yeah, um, nutrition is something that I think is huge. And, you know, personally, that's something that I have taken a huge interest in. And I've done a lot of reading myself. And I worked with a nutritionist in college, not through the school. Um, We did have nutritionists at school, too. But this was specifically somebody outside of school uh, for like three or four months, just to kind of get a good feel for that you know it's expensive working with a nutritionist one-on-one but I thought you know if I do it for a few months I can learn some things that I can take with me and that was a huge a huge help for me and yeah I think nutrition is huge especially you know when you're trying to do all these different things Um, I -hmm. think you know golf is more you know golf training and practicing for golf looks more like it does for other professional sports than I think people realize and it takes a lot of energy and you need to refuel yourself if you're going to practice and go to the gym and then do all these things um so I think that's something that's hugely important you know for for every day um not even just tournament days but tournament days and days where you're playing especially you know if you I've always thought it was would be a is a silly reason to kind of mess up if you're just low on energy you know it still happens from time to time but I try to sure. eat a small snack, like every two to four holes. It, you know, it depends on, you know, if it's a really hilly golf course, maybe every two holes. If it's pretty flat, pretty <laughs> close together, you don't really need to quite eat as much. So kind of just gauging that. But, um, you know, I stick like to stick to kind of smaller snacks. Um, some people might argue that you need a lot of, you know, golfers should be more like high fat than high carb, but I've found for me, at least on the golf course, that I keep my energy up a lot better being just high carb. So I eat a lot of things like uh, cliff bars. I eat rice Mm crispy treats on the golf course. They're pretty, they're light. (laughs) You know, I know they're basically sugar, but you know, you don't feel heavy after you've eaten one and it keeps your energy up. And I'm not recommending that to anyone for health reasons. (laughs) Um, But for me, that's something that works. Um, you know, I don't eat those all the time. So I mix it up. Um, right. And I have these little, they're kind of like, they look like applesauce squeeze packs basically, but they're, they kind of have mm-hmm. some fruit and some protein in there. And so stuff that's really light and kind of small, 
you know, 100 calories, maybe 150 every three holes. And that that helps keep my energy up on the golf course. And, yeah, I think most recreational golfers, that's not their biggest concern. And if you're just out there to have fun, it, you know, it doesn't need to be. But if you're trying to bring your game up a little bit, you know, uh, having a little more of a focus on that probably would help for sure. Yeah, I I think that's a, a great idea, um, you know, to really focus on that. And you're right, you know, they're not playing at, uh, at a tournament level at, like you are, so maybe it's not quite as important. But one of the biggest problems that a lot of um, recreational golfers have is they get sort of that, you know, that rush going on for the first little bit, and then all of a sudden, you know, they hit the turn, uh, and it starts to go downhill. And by the time they get to about the 14th, 15th hole, they're really running out of steam. And, and by the way, I think Rice Krispie's stock just went up uh, probably three or four points uh, after that plug. So um, I, know you're not, <laughs> I know you're not recommending it, but I guarantee it. Some people think, well, you know what, I think I'm going to have one of those. Uh, but, yeah, you've got to mix it up in that, and I think it's important. Now, you also mentioned that you, you, know, you work with a, a, um, a mental coach, if you will, for lack of better words, um, and I know you talked a little bit about that, but what do you do? There's, there's obviously moments that you're going to have, I don't care who you are, what level you play at, where you're going to become mentally drained. Is there things that they help you work on to uh, enable you to be able to, because obviously they're not, going to be, they're not there on the course with you, so you have to do a lot of it yourself, but I'm sure you have conversations and sessions together where they guide and help you and say, okay, when you feel yourself getting in this moment, here's some things that you can do to sort of pick yourself back up and get back into uh, the moment that you need to be and compete, complete the task that you need to. So are there some things like that that you work on with, with your, your mental coach, if you were your mind coach? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of everything um, that we work on. And I have a, a call with him once a month you know, a hour long call. And then, you know, if I need stuff here and there, call him or text him. And, but really trying to work on, you know, I keep like a journal of things that I think I need to work on and just, you know, what worked and this. And so then we just talk about those mm-hmm. things and, you know, sometimes it can be totally opposite issues, but it's just kind of what you're dealing with at that point in time. And, um, you know, like sometimes you're a little, a little low on confidence and it's, you know, it's more of a struggle. And then sometimes maybe you're a little too far one way and you're playing too good and not too good, but you have too many expectations put on yourself, right? Because right. you're, you are playing well. Um, not that you could play too good, uh, <laughs> but it's, right. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of attacking the, the problem at hand, you know, what, what, what is it that you're feeling right now? And just coming up with a better toolbox of how to, you know, attack those issues. And I think, you know, for most golfers out there, there probably are things, you know, in some books that could help a lot of people. But for me, that wasn't, that wasn't helpful. I think it's, you know, so much more helpful to be working with somebody one-on-one who can really mm-hmm. help you with your specific problems. Um, not problems, but, you know, what you're, you know, maybe a rut you're stuck in or whatever. The one thing that I think, you know, is huge or has been huge for me and probably for a lot of people is that whether, whatever you think, you know, oh, my gosh, I am doing this and nobody else does this. 
and I can't believe I'm thinking this way and just realizing that most people are probably thinking kind of a similar way to you, but you can't read their thoughts, right? Like you're, you know, right. doubt from time to time or whatever it is or your nerves and everybody feels those things. Like that's completely normal um, to feel, to feel certain ways and to have certain thoughts pop in. And yeah, I mean, it's really just whatever the issue is at that time. And um, I certainly have things that kind of carry over that I'm working on longer term yeah, I think trying it's... to attack, but you know, week to week. Sorry. What were you saying? Yeah. I, I... Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's it's always going to be a challenge. There's always going to be moments because there's not ever going to be a consistency. Again, it doesn't matter what level of player you get to, even the best of the best. There's going to be moments in your career where you know you might go several weeks where you're just struggling to make the cut, and then other weeks you're on top of your game and you're you know you're knocking on the you know the door. Uh, each week, week out, and then all of a sudden you're back at trying to make the cuts. Um, so it, it can be a very emotional lo- roller coaster. And as you, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier on in our conversation about how what one of the most difficult things is when you're playing, you know, week in, week out, because it's it, it's you know sometimes it feels like you're not getting a break. And I know I remember a few years ago, I think they've they've ironed it out a little bit, but I know about, I think it was about three years ago, maybe four years ago in the Symmetra Tour, uh, one of the seasons, they had seven events, I believe it was, back-to-back. And I remember, the, you know, well, the gals that were on the, on the Symmetra at that time, every single one of them that came on the show said the same thing, like, you know, we don't know if we're going to make it to week seven. Um, because it was just, and I think they recognized it was just the way it fell out that season. I don't think they normally made a practice of that, but it was just, you know, the schedule that year for some reason just fell that way, and it was it was grueling. There were a lot of players that really were struggling and having a tough time. So mentally, that can be, uh, again, very draining, and especially if you're not playing well, it's even, you know, you know, you kick it up a notch. It might, you know, you might be at a six or a seven level in, in the in the frustration meter um just the fact that you're playing all those you know back-to-back events um and just trying to to do whatever it is you're trying to do but then now you add the fact that your game's kind of stinking right now that bumps it up probably to like a mm-hmm. nine and you're thinking what am i going to do so it, it's good to have that in your repertoire um uh to be able to do that uh, so let me ask you something and, and i want you to put this in the perspective amanda of of getting ready for next season, if you could step out of yourself, in other words, if your spirit could float up and step out beside you, what would you advise yourself as you get ready to prepare for next season? What would you say to yourself? Hmm, That's a good one. Um, I think, you know, one thing that I'm trying to kind of think about and hold on to is that, you know, it's a new level and play is better and the courses might be harder and this and that, but at the core, it's still just golf. And that's something that going into, you know, from high school to college, I think I, you know, struggled with a, a little bit there at the beginning was that I thought it was this new huge thing. Kind of like that story I was telling you earlier when in reality, it's, it's, it's golf, you know, you're at a new level, but it's still the same thing you've been doing. And 
um, just trying to hold on to that a little bit. You know, there's definitely things in my game I need to bring up, and I'm sure there's way more things that I'm going to need to learn than I even realize. Um, But, you know, at the core, it's, it's still golf and not getting overwhelmed with, you know, all the new things because, um, yeah, I mean, essentially that's the, that's the biggest thing I think I'm trying to just, you know, and, and like a lot of people, you know, have been telling me and something I've, you know, kind of said to myself is that, you know, you, good golf, you know, kind of, good golf will take you a long way and it's, you know, focusing on yourself and not looking outward at what everybody else is doing, I think it's something that I will, you know, really have to have to focus on and keep remembering to do because um, sometimes that's difficult. But, you know, just playing my game and um, remembering that it it is golf. It's the same golf that it has been. And, you know, it might mm-hmm. be a little tougher, but it's still that same thing. Yeah, I think the key is not to get outside of yourself in, in a sense of, of not, or rather, not getting ahead of yourself. You know, you play one mm-hmm. shot at a time, one hole at a time, and then as they string together, obviously you're going to have a, a, a final result. And you want to, you know, I think sometimes, especially, and this is again going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, when you transition from, you know, maybe playing a junior golf and then you get into collegiate golf and now you're out on tour and now you're getting ready to go another level. Um, a lot of times people, again, get ahead of themselves. And I think that you've, you've developed enough skill, not just physically in the game, but mentally in the game, not to do that. Because that's when I think the problems start coming in. When you start thinking, well, I've got it. You know, where am, I in the, where am I in the leaderboard? I start looking at the leaderboard. Oh, I'm five back. I've got to really step things up. And sometimes that can work for some people, but that can also uh, create a lot of unnecessary anxiety as well. So I think... If you just you know what your game is at this point, you know what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and there's certainly always room for tweaking and adjusting things along the way, but you have a pretty good um, idea of yourself. And I think if you go out there and you stick to that, um, and, and again, there may be some tweaking here and there, I think you're going to do very, very well. Um, but if you allow yourself to start changing you know, who you are as a, as a person out there, then that's, I think, when you run into trouble. So I think it sounds like you've got a good game plan all the way around. You definitely, we know you've got the game physically to get out there and battle with the best of them. Um, And I think it's just a matter of just staying within yourself, not trying to change what you know works. And I think you're going to do very, very well um, next year on the LPGA. Well, thank you. Yep, I think that's a a good assessment. trying to keep doing the things I've been doing and hope that it takes me a long way. Well, I I couldn't agree more. Well, Amanda, I want to thank you for sticking around for a few extra minutes. And uh, I know you've got uh, the rest of your day to plan and and do, or maybe you're just going to kick back and relax a little bit. I know you're working. You said you uh, earlier off air, you were starting to, to work on your game a little bit more as you get in preparation um, for your first event, whatever that will be. But uh, I want to thank you very much for, for joining me uh, this morning on the Women of Golf. And congratulations again on, on getting your card. And good luck next year. Let us know how you do. Keep us posted. And uh, just get out there and, most importantly, have fun. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, always fun. 
Well, you're welcome back anytime, Amanda. Make sure you come back when you get your first LPJ win. We want to share in that as well. So um, you're okay, always we'll welcome do. to come back and join <laughs> us. All right. Hopefully it'll be a major. Maybe it'll be a major. Who knows? Uh, but good luck next season. Well, that would be awesome. Have fun. Oh, yeah, that would be really awesome. We would love that um, <laughs> for not just you, but for us, too, to have you on the show with that. Um, but good luck next year, Amanda. And, again, um, just go out and have fun. Thank you. Thank you. Nice talking to you, uh, as you always. Too. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, that was our very special guest, Amanda Doherty. Uh, as she gets ready to venture out in 22 uh, on the LPJ Tour. She earned her card. She finished seventh on the race for the money off the Symmetra Tour. And uh, despite not having a win this season, uh, she managed to pull her season together and finish in uh, the top ten. All right, just a quick, uh, very quick announcement before I, I close off. Um, the last shows of the season uh, for the women of golf will be December 14th, will be the last show for the women of golf. And for the other show, that I do Thursday nights, which there will not be one this week, um, uh, as I'll be observing uh, Veterans Day. But um, Golf Talk Live, the last show for that, will be December 16th. Uh, first shows back in 2022 for the women of golf will be February the 8th, and respectively for Golf Talk Live, February 10th will be the first show back uh, in the new year. So uh, February, or sorry, December 14th and December 16th will be the last shows for the Women of Golf and Golf Talk Live for this season as we uh, take some time off and get ready to prepare for next year and obviously observe the holidays. And then February 8th and February 10th will be the first days uh, back uh, for both shows. The uh, 8th will be the Women of Golf and Golf Talk Live will be the 10th. So I want to thank again my very special guest, Amanda Doherty, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. And as I mentioned earlier, Cindy will be back next week, hopefully, unless something else comes up. Um, Thank you for tuning in to the Women of Golf. We'll see you next time. God bless everybody and have a great day. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStreamLive, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.